Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, happenings, and history of West Seattle intersect. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we say a farewell of sorts to an inspiring leader in the Junction community. But first, let me ask you a quick question. Are you an Always West Seattle subscriber? It's free and easy. Just hit that little plus sign on Apple Podcasts or that follow button on Spotify or that subscribe button on Google Podcasts. Okay, maybe it could be a little easier, but I trust you can figure it out. And by subscribing, you not only make sure to never miss an episode of Always West Seattle, but you also show support for this community connection platform. You can also now listen to the podcast through the Facebook mobile app, and you'll find us there and on Instagram under the handle Always Podcast. And that's all with two L's. Always West Seattle is named after the Walk Always intersection at California and Alaska, an area known as the Junction that many would consider the heart of West Seattle. And there's one particular person who has played a pivotal role in keeping that heart beating, contributing her energy and talent and positive attitude for the last five and a half years as executive director of the West Seattle Junction Association. Her name, as you might already know, is Laura Radford, and she recently announced that she'll be moving on from her Junction post to take a new job with Sound Transit, where she'll be helping lay the groundwork for light rail as it makes its way to West Seattle. I brought some cocktails over to Laura's office in her final days there to toast her accomplishments and catch up one last time in a professional Junction capacity before she sets sail for the world of light rail. Laura Radford. <laughs> You're leaving the Junction. I'm leaving the job at the junction, but I'm not leaving the junction. Okay, that's good. When I first heard this news, the words that came out of my mouth were not so great. I was very disappointed. Oh. But I'm also really excited, and I want to know about this new job. Tell me about the new gig with Sound Transit. Sound Transit, if you don't know, is bringing in some light rail in West Seattle over the next 10 years. I heard about that. It seems like 10 years is a long way, but the critical part of this project is coming up this year, next year, and into 2023, and that is the Draft Environmental Impact Study. Mm -hmm. That is when West Seattle will really dig into the data and the alignment of where the line is actually going to go. And there's three stations. And so I thought that it would be a good idea to maybe have a West Seattle light, maybe work on that project and Sound Transit seemed to agree with me. And Great. so I will be your West Seattle person to help the community get that alignment through and hopefully get some stations in. That makes sense to everybody. That's a huge job. It's a big job. <laughs> the Junction is a big job. Sound Transit is another big job. It all benefits West Seattle. What do you see as some of the biggest hurdles in this new position that you're taking on? I would say the biggest hurdles is just going to be my education. I'm going to have to get all read up on environmental impact studies because I've never done one before. So I'm looking forward to educating myself pretty quickly Yeah. so I can help us Seattle through this conversation and we can make the best decision possible. What do you think the chances are of it going underground? 50%. 50%. Yep. Okay. Those are 
better odds than I've heard elsewhere. <laughs> what about the gondola idea? Could that also go underground? I don't think the gondola tunnel is a great idea. <laughs> and the gondola is a great thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I think if it went into a place where there was more tourists and we didn't have to rely on it as our main transportation, yeah. public transportation across the soon to be repaired West Seattle Bridge. We do have the water taxi, which is like a ride. Do we really need two rides? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean the water taxi, I mean you feel like, you know, you're Rose and um what was his name? Jack. Jack. You know, Rose and Jack. Who hasn't done the Rose and Jack thing at the front of the water taxi? What I really liked about that gondola idea, just that someone came up with it, shared it, and shared their vision and idea. I, whether or not it's feasible, I don't know. But I just, I thought that was cool that it existed. Mm -hmm. It does. It's a great, cool idea. Absolutely. So let's talk about the junction before you scurry off into the great tunnels, bridges, what have you. What are some of the things you're most proud of? in your time here as the executive director of the Junction organization? I would say helping the West Seattle community and the Junction through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I would say it was the most inspiring and the most terrifying time in the lives of not only our community, but also our small business owners. And I think for me, inspiration and joy came from watching West Seattle communities just come together and support small business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in the position of really seeing the raw emotions from our small business owners. I held them when they cried. Yeah. And I listened to their fears. I think the first true indication from the love that the West Seattle community showed the small businesses is when I opened up the Small Business Relief Fund. Mm -hmm. And this was way before PPP right. even existed. There was no money coming yeah. into the small businesses and everyone was scrambling. We were trying to figure out what the next day was going to look like. And I started the Small Business Relief Fund thinking, well, if we can raise $20,000 and puts a little bit of money into the pockets of the small businesses, then that would bring them some hope. Right. And it would bring them some joy. Well, $111,000 later, wow. there was a lot of hope, more hope than I had ever realized. And yeah. when you walk into the business or walk to the business, because we were all shuttered still at that point, mm -hmm. and you hand someone a check for $50 or $150, and you see the change in their demeanor, the way that they receive the money. And it's just not the money. It's like all of the emotion that comes behind it as well. Yeah, It gives them hope to open up the next day and the next day and even the day after right. that. And that was an inspiring part of my journey and my entire life, being able to bring those people together. Yeah. And I think you were uniquely qualified to understand how important those gestures were to small business owners, being a former small business owner yourself here of the Hotwire Coffee and knowing that kind of movement, that kind of support from the community when you feel sometimes I am totally alone and I'm, I have to figure this all out for myself. And then having someone come in and say, you're not, we're here for you. That's such an amazing gift. It, it truly is. It's an emotional gift. It's a way to 
underscore the work that had happened all the way up until the pandemic. And then everything that we had to do to stay afloat as we navigated this together. And we really did navigate together. West Seattle showed up and the small businesses, they did everything they could to normalize life for their community members too. So proud of the small business owners for staying with it and just being entrepreneurs, like being scrappy, because yeah. that is what it's all about. It is an incredible success story that you led <laughs> and inspiring to me. And I know so many other people in the community. So that was the pandemic. What else, What when looking back on your time here in this role, are, are you really proud of and excited that, that you made happen or had your hands involved with? For me, it's all about my community and there's so many moments, Keith, that just fill my heart with this warm feeling of like community spirit. And there's these moments, one of them in particular, I remember it was Harvest Fest in 2019. And I was um, standing in the middle of the street. If you don't know, we closed the street down and we have a big parade and we have all these families that are dressed up and their dogs and their kids and and mom and dad. And it's just this, this incredible piece of West Seattle history, like this slice of life, right? Yeah. This West Seattle slice of life. And I'm standing there dressed as a scarecrow. <laughs> and I've got my, my overalls and my little scarecrow freckles mm-hmm. and my boots and everything. And I'm standing there and the high school band is warming up behind me and there's this swirl of humanity just swirling around me and there's kids laughing and there's candy and there's dogs barking and the band is playing and people are having fun. Um, People are throwing down some chili and donating to the food bank. And it's almost if you... Envision yourself in the middle of a, a movie scene yeah. where you're standing still and everything around you is sped up. Mm-hmm. I had this moment of just standing there like by myself and watching everybody around me. And it's things like that you can never recreate. And all of the things that are important to me, like in my community and form the small businesses, those things all come together in those types of moments. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is so much of what you do is about bringing people together, the businesses, the community, the organizations, the events that bring people here. And that's we need that more than ever connection. We need togetherness. We need community really bad. Nice work on making all that happen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So those are great, uh, inspiring stories. When you look at the junction now and and looking ahead, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges facing the junction in the near term and the long term? Challenges, I think, is always going to be what the evolution of the junction could potentially look like. Mm -hmm. We are getting through a pandemic and the bridge is scheduled to reopen in 2022, fall of 2022. Knock on steel girder. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Knock on a steel girder. But I would always say don't stop evolving. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of this beautiful part of Seattle and 
we have an urban village, we have the ability to control our destiny and to take a look at the junction should look like and how it should serve people. What do we want it to do? And I think that would be a challenge, not a bad challenge. I think it's an exciting challenge that the small businesses and the community could come together and really take a look at what the vision of the junction looks like and allow it to be amazing, allow it to bring people together, to continue to bring people together. Mm -hmm. And one of these visions that you recently led a presentation on was about turning the junction parking lots into affordable housing. Where do do things stand? on? They are now in the hands of our landlords and the shareholders that own the parking parcels. There is an opportunity, as I was mentioning, for a vision And the ability for the junction to have affordable housing and to have low-income senior housing and perhaps a hospital and a small business incubator and green space and open areas where you can get your lunch and go sit on a little bench. Those things are all within the grasp of the community and also the shareholders too. So it's going to be up to them to continue that vision. I think at this point, we've done all we can Mm -hmm. to educate people. We've been so lucky to be working with the mayor's office and then also future mayor Harrell Mm -hmm. and his administration and everyone at the city who understands how important this vision could be and what an urban village could look like in Seattle. So I am hopeful that vision will come to light over the next few years. What do you say to the people who who say, if you take away the parking, I'll never come to a junction business again. People have said that. You may not know that, but people (laughs) actually have said that. And I think it's going to be up to us to have those authentic conversations with people Mm -hmm. and understand like parking lots in the 50s. That was really important because the car culture was really important in the 50s. People grew up in that time where their family had their first car, they had their first television. Mm -hmm. And we looked at ways to drive across America in a different way. But now we're, you know, we're, it's 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. and modes of transportation can look different mm-hmm. instead of just a car. And I'm not saying that people don't need to drive vehicles. That's not it. I'm not talking one extreme to the other. Right. People still need places to park, and there's going to be plenty of places to park in the junction. There's no reason why there can't be some parking as a part of this inspirational development. But there's also ways to get around Seattle now as well. Again, going back to Sound Transit, right? probably loops in as to why I wanted to take that job. And again, going back to the inspiration behind it and what we can accomplish together as a community. What have you heard from the Junction businesses about this idea? What's the word on the street? What's the word on the (laughs) Junction street? I think it's a lot of understanding that we do need to evolve as an urban village and just making sure that we, when we do develop, it's with mindfulness Mm -hmm. of the small businesses. The discussion isn't really about how this can hurt small businesses. It's really how it can help small businesses. Mm -hmm. And so to have like those authentic conversations and have everybody at the table, the great thing about the current conversations we're having with the Office of Housing 
and community roots housing is the process to develop the parking lots is a completely different model than a for-profit developer just going to design review. Mm-hmm. The small businesses have a different voice when we go through a process where the community gets together and talks about what development could look like. And in fact, the community roots housing and the office of housing, the process that they go through is much deeper and more authentic and has a different set of listening skills than you would if you just went to a design review meeting. Hmm. So there's actually an opportunity for people in the community, whether or not they're a business owner, to get involved with how this might turn out? Absolutely. It's actually a community process. The program actually doesn't go through design review at all. It's all driven by the voice of the community itself. Cool. I really liked a lot of the ideas that I saw in the Zoom presentation from uh, a month ago, especially the incubator spaces for businesses and restaurants and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that develops further. And podcasters too, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's for everybody. It's not just for restaurants or retail. It's for everybody. I'm Well, I am everybody. I'm part of everybody. Are the everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking a lot about the future of the junction. What about its history? Do you think it's important to hang on to the history of the junction, or do you think it's a hindrance to making progress? There is a balance of both. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to hold the history of the junction close to your heart. Mm-hmm. And it can be replicated and honored in many different ways, whether it's through the historic mural project is adding to that project and creating additional murals to tell the story of the junction. It's through future development and the architecture, how the architecture of like the ham building and the the Campbell building, how the architecture of those buildings can drive what the junction looks like. So Just because we need to move forward, it doesn't mean that there's no reason that we cannot honor the history of the junction and bring that forward with us. And if we are a connected community, we can develop our own history for future generations. Wow, that was beautiful. So speaking of the history and the junction, what will you not miss about this job of being the executive director of the junction organization? Oh, boy. Boy, I'm sure glad you brought gin and tonics when you asked me that question. Thanks, say. Let's give that a little shake right now. What will I not miss? Obviously, you can tell as I'm racking my brain, that is the most difficult question that you have asked me. I think joy can be found in anything that you do, whether it's cleaning leaves or off the streets to producing summer fast and the sidewalk sales. So I I don't know. I don't know if I really miss anything because it's really a state of mind. Mm -hmm. You get to decide, right, what brings you fulfillment in your job. I I don't think what I can say, I won't not miss anybody. I can make, I can give you a really long list of things that I will miss though. I can tell you that. (laughs) Let's talk about some of those things. You've always done such an amazing job with the social media and promoting all the junction businesses and all the sales and promotions and new things that they have going on. And and it's always just an equal opportunity joy parade of support. A joy parade. Oh (laughs) my gosh. I just want a t-shirt that says joy parade. I can work on that for you. But now that you're not going to be in this position of the executive director where you're, you equally celebrate everyone. Tell me what's your favorite 
thing to eat in the junction. Can you tell me like, like the one thing now that you don't have to be like the Swiss and be neutral about it? Boy, that is a tough question. I'm just going through my mind and I can tell you over the years, I have probably sat at almost every seat in every restaurant. But I tell you, Keith, I'm going to have to go old school. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to tell you a good brekkie at Easy Street. Yeah. <laughs> a dang good brekkie. When you're belly on up mm -hmm. to the bar, and I have my own little special seat that I love to sit in. And back in the day, I would get a copy of The Stranger, but mm -hmm. now I'll just scroll it on my phone. <laughs> But um, getting a yeah. good brekkie, a good Betty breakfast burrito, and a, a cup of coffee, yeah. ooh, man, that just hits the spot. And there is something magical about that space, you know, with the music blasting and the yeah. always interesting crowd of people who are in there. I remember when I first moved to West Seattle, uh, my nephews came to visit and went to Easy Street for breakfast. And I wasn't there when they, at this moment, but my sister-in-law told me later that when they were sitting there and one of them said, this must be where Keith comes to get inspired. <laughs> <laughs> and they were right. Yeah. You, do you sit there? Do you sit at a table or belly up to yeah. the bar and you just, it's a good place to just think about mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the new upstairs bar too, which is like a little secret nest to go and work and things. And, and also... I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a new mirror ball that they've installed above that area. And that was a wedding present to Corey Anton and I that we gave to Matt Vaughn so that it could have a place of distinction at Easy Street Records. That is a great antidote. I love that story. I had no idea. So when I'm up there now, mm -hmm. knocking back a Rainier, I'm yeah. going to look up. I'm going to say, I know that story. Yeah, you can say, hey, Mary, to that disco ball. Oh, hey, Mary. <laughs> so do you have a favorite drink in the junction? Other than the gin and tonic you just gave me? Other than that. Other than the gin and tonic, I'm a lover of a good craft beer. Mm -hmm. And so I will default to the beer junction. Mm -hmm. I do the typical, you stand there at the the big display and read all of the different beers and just enjoy the fact that you have all of these choices and people have made these craft beers with love. And so I need to honor those craft beers by having a couple. So <laughs> I would say the Beer Junction is definitely my number one place to go. And your husband is really into beer as well. He is a beer drunker. I, because I'm a giver. Uh. <laughs> because I'm a giver. We're partners. <laughs> I have also drank some craft beer with him. All right. That's cool. Yeah. We should uh, have a beer together sometime. We should. I was going to ask you who's your favorite person in the junction, but I don't want to hear about it if it's not me. So um, it's you. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, the next time you attend Summerfest, our uh, summertime rock and roll extravaganza, you will be just as a person, an adoring fan in the crowd. Who would be on your Summerfest dream lineup? Wow, that is, I, I will be a civilian next year mm -hmm. for Summerfest. I tried in 2019 to get Built to Spill. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to see, I would love to see Built to Spill come. That, yeah. I think that would be great. That would be good. Sassy Black was great. Mm -hmm. I liked Full Toilet, so they were great. I love me a little bit of punk. Mm -hmm. So there's there's just so much to to choose from, but I would definitely like to see 
a pretty cool headliner come in and just especially as a great comeback for 2022. Yeah. Just rock the the croc socks out of people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good tagline for now. I know, right? Rock the croc socks. <laughs> Awesome. I can't wait for that summer fest and for seeing you around the junction in a uh, civilian mode where we can just not even be thinking about work. When are we ever really thinking about work? Are we really working now? We got our gin and tonics and our little West Seattle glasses. We are working it. We are working. That is true. (laughs) For the community. We're working it for the community. Well, thank you for working your magic for the junction and for West Seattle. Thank you for your support of me in this podcast from the very get go. Um, It meant so much and just fuel me in this project and keep me going. You've done an amazing job. I'm so honored to actually call you a friend now, Mm. not just a, a colleague or someone I do interviews with. And I just can't wait to see what you do with Sound Transit. I, it makes me feel really good to know that huge project. Your hands are going to be involved with that. It's it's a relief. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And I feel the same about you. I've seen you grow up the the podcast and seen it blossom under your care and your inspiration. And it's important more now than ever to bring the voices of people together and reconnect humanity mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you do you do incredible work and you get into the heart of who we are as a community and we need you more <laughs> than ever my friend oh, more than ever i'm here <laughs> thanks again to laura radford for being such an inspiration and truly a lifesaver to the junction community I also had a chance to meet Laura's successor in the Junction Executive Director role. Her name's Chris McKay, and she's very cool. We hit it off immediately, and I'm looking forward to having her on the podcast in the near future and seeing what she brings to the job and our community. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends, leave a review, and don't forget that whole subscribe thing. Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.